Merry Christmas! Or at least that's the way it's supposed to be, but does it always work out that way? Listen in and we'll tell you why it might or it might not. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a festive episode for you this week. This is episode number 167. And today we're going to be talking about what makes Christmas holidays happier for married folk. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed the human cost of pornography. That was a somber episode, but it's worth going Mm -hmm. back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. Yes. Okay, let's get into the topic of coming home for the holidays. That just sounds so romantically merry. Yes. Well, let's start with that question. Do most people actually have a happy Christmas? Because it sounds merry. It does. Turns out that 75% of people are generally satisfied with their Christmas experience. Okay. Yeah, which is great. And I don't know if it's the skeptic in me, but I do wonder if that's overstated. But perhaps the data was collected by a guy in a green, you know, suit running around New York. That was a culture reference, Elf. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, anyways, I missed it. I less, thought it was Grinch. Oh, Grinch. Yeah. No, okay. not the fuzzy suit, the uh, tights. <laughs> okay, Stay away good. from that guy. <laughs> All right. Less than 10% of people report significant levels of anger and sadness, which is great to hear. And about half of people, though, they do report some level of stress during Christmas. Which oh, I yeah. think, yeah, we're in that half. I am in that half. Absolutely. So, you know, overall, not too bad. A little bit yes. of stress. December's always crazy busy, right? Yeah. But there's some pretty interesting facts to learn as we go through this that are good to think about as we come up to this holiday. A couple of researchers in 2002, they interviewed 117 individuals to determine the specific factors that contributed to making Christmas holidays stressful or enjoyable. Hmm. Okay. And they found these things that I will list here. First of all, emphasizing family and spending time together was linked to greater happiness. So these are just kind of things we can we can think through, right? Yeah. If we're doing this or not. Second one was emphasizing religious beliefs was linked to greater happiness. Really? Third, lower happiness and greater stress was reported when spending money and receiving gifts were the most important aspects of the holiday. So that's okay to have, but they shouldn't be like the most important. Right. Mm. Number four, giving gifts and consuming in a way that was environmentally friendly was linked to higher happiness. Okay. So good job being socialized for environmentalism. But do you know what, Caleb? What? I'm not like a huge environmentalist necessarily, but like when I go shop at a big box store and I come home and I have like 10 times more garbage right. than the actual product, that irritates me. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to irritate you around oh, Christmas. Shush. Okay. Just keep going. Number five. No, I, I, I see your point. And I've been throwing my little my little yogurt containers in the recycle bag <gasps> very consistently this week. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's because I'm coming up to Christmas. <laughs> Number five, men generally reported being happier and less stressed at Christmas than women, possibly oh. because much of the responsibility for the shopping and cooking of Christmas dinner, etc., falls to the woman. Okay. So that's fine. We don't need to change anything there. Number 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number in- 10. 
Oh, sorry. No, it's just the next point. I was just trying to move on fast from oh, that one. Oh, gotcha. Rather than provoking discussion. Fail. Sorry? What? <laughs> <laughs> so their conclusion was this, and I quote, in sum, the materialistic aspects of modern Christmas celebrations may undermine well-being, while family and spiritual activities may help people feel more satisfied. Hmm. Which is kind of what we all already knew. Okay, good. But now we have the research to prove it. Perfect. Now let's talk about Christmas gifts. Oh, this is the most stressful part of Christmas. Right. For me. And yet, deep, deep breath, that's good. Yeah. What this is starting to highlight, as we've said, is that gifts and the materialistic expression should not be the main focus of Christmas. But what is really interesting, though, is if you try to limit the amount of money you spend and you limit your gift giving, this is also linked to lower happiness over Christmas. Hmm. Same researchers as before, but another study found that spending a higher proportion of your income on others than yourself predicted higher levels of happiness. It's more blessed to give, give. than to receive, yeah. right? Yeah. And gift giving then should be, uh, these. this is a recommendation here from another research study. It's amazing how many research studies there was on Christmas mm-hmm. and marriage and family stuff. Fascinating. But anyways. Yeah. I'm then? curious as to what you're going to say about this Christmas gift things. Because to me, if you don't limit the amount of money you spend, then come January, you just have all this credit card debt and then you're in a worse predicament than you ever were before. True. It wasn't... Uh, necessarily saying spend way more money, but it was spending more on others than yourself. Oh. Predicted higher levels of happiness. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So gift giving should be, here's five recommendations uh, for those of us cough that haven't done their Christmas shopping yet. <clears throat> Number one, an expression of love. Mm-hmm. Number two, valuable. Not necessarily in terms of cost, but in the thought and effort that went into the gift. Oh, okay. Number three, altruistic and not focused on obligation or creating a feeling of indebtedness in the receiver. So like no strings attached. Yes. Number four, it should contain some symbolic meaning, such as giving someone a gift to indicate they're part of the family or giving a gift that will have special meaning to the receiver. So it's some, there's some real thought about the emotional relevance. Right. See, to me, that's the the hard part. That's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. Number five, tailored to who the receiver is, not based on your own preferences. Right. Which I was really disappointed to hear because I had this really nice power tool that I was going <laughs> to buy you this year. Nice try. So women typically spend more time on gift shopping than men, cough, and often take overall responsibility for the first buying process, seeing it as work. Mm-hmm. Men often take less of an active role in this and feel the need to buy presents for fewer people or see it as women's work. Huh. Those men. Husbands could therefore make the holiday season less stressful for the wives by being more willing to be involved in the gift buying Hmm. by starting buying gifts earlier Uh and by getting gifts for more people rather than just close family. Huh. I like this researcher. I'm sure most of that was speculation. (laughs) Caleb, this is so true though. Like, what? Like they're just, okay, let's talk about us here. There just seems like there's always something that comes up so that we never even can think about Christmas until well into December. Okay. And to me, that is just so incredibly stressful. Like I would rather have all my buying out of the way in November and then I can just enjoy December. Okay. But like, we don't even get to like talk about Christmas until December. And I find like, that's to me what I find stressful. And so I really like this. uh, What did you say? Starting buying gifts earlier. Okay. So that's just, you know, that's Uh, me coming calmly to the conversation. Yeah, I'm not feeling emotionally (laughs) flooded at all or intimidated or anything right now. So, uh, so yeah, what do you want to do differently next year? year? I want to start Christmas like November. Okay. 
Like shopping Christmas. Yeah. Like November 15th, I want to have like my list all laid out. Okay. As long as we don't have to start the actual Christmas carols to like December, that's good. Oh, you are such a Scrooge in the Christmas carol department. That sounded like the fundamental attribution. (laughs) No, that was just in the Christmas carol department. (laughs) But I can, this is so true though. Like I'm sure if it happens to us, it probably happens to someone else out there. Yeah. Yeah. So even just by having the conversation... Maybe okay. a little calmer, you know. Oh, no, no need for that. Then then it would help for next year even. That's true. Maybe we should have a family planning meeting after Christmas, like in the new year, early in the new uh-huh. year, and just like, what did we like? What do we want to do different? Let's put it on the calendar for November 15th to have a Christmas meeting. Sure. Okay. Who's putting that on the calendar? Me. Okay. But you need to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where were we, honey? Uh... I don't know, but am I in trouble? No, 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 no. Just kidding. Sort of. (laughs) Okay, so uh, just to come back to the content of the podcast here. Mm -hmm, Sorry. This week we have a planning guide for our patrons. Maybe I should read it. It's just kind of funny that I put this episode together and here I am handing out a planning guide like, what are we at, 10 days before Christmas? Which may speak (laughs) to what you just identified. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yes, so this guide will unfortunately do what just happened, which is open up the conversation about, <laughs> why, what, about what lies ahead and the work that needs done. The fair division of labor and all that good stuff. And it'll help you make Christmas a calmer, calmer, <laughs> mutually enjoyable experience. So why be stressed, right? There's so much difficulty in life, as Verlinda has been highlighting for us. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if this could be a time of peace and calm in your marriage? <laughs> oh, honey, we're think- selling this really good, I think. Maybe we should start using the stuff we sell. <laughs> Maybe. So you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, I was getting in trouble. I mean, we were talking about gender stereotypes (laughs) coming up to Christmas. So let's talk about Christmas traditions now. Okay. Which should be a safer area, we hope. Like... Like grilled tomatoes for breakfast. Yeah, so Christmas traditions occur in some sides of the family and not others. (laughs) And there's some good reasons for that, people. So, but this is kind of highlighting what we're talking about, which is that there's different traditions coming to Christmas that each spouse brings, brings. right? Absolutely. But yet there's this whole family ritual thing. So the unique way that your family does things at Christmas that takes on a symbolic meaning for the family and as uh, to quote a researcher here, it contributes significantly to the establishment and preservation of a family's collective sense of itself. 
Hmm. This is what defines us. Do you know what's so interesting? Like going to my parents for Christmas this year. Yeah. The girls are like, well, aren't we going to have monkey bread? Because we always have monkey bread on Christmas oh, yes. morning. That's our collective definition of ourself. Monkey, monkey bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this is, it's kind of a, it's a, that's what we do thing. Yeah. Right. And so, so for them, the that's context, Christmas morning. It's like, well, what is this going to be if that's not what we do? Anymore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So rituals and Christmas traditions should be repeated regularly, like monkey bread. Yep. Involving actions and doing things, not just thoughts or words. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be include special or stylized behavior where actions are given a different meaning to their daily norm. What does that mean? Well, uh, the only example that comes to mind immediately is like, for example, some a lot of Christian families will do some form of daily devotions, but right. around Christmas, it'll be very specific around the birth oh, of the Lord Jesus okay. Christ, right? Yeah. So it's slightly different meaning to their daily norm. Yes. Gotcha. And the ritual should be evocative, featuring an emphasis on presentation to create something that the entire family can be attentive to. So that's why we like wrap mm. presents or we decorate the house or we oh, okay. dress differently or something. You know what I yeah. mean? Whatever that is for your family. And I'm getting excited about Christmas over here. Yes. Very excited. And sorry. I'm not even going to respond. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying that. Just go on. Okay. Rituals at Christmas are unique to individual families. Mm-hmm. Helping them feel connected to each other and develop a sense of family identity. But what we learned is that there's also some common aspects to the way most people celebrate Christmas, which helps the family feel connected to their wider society at large and feel like oh. they have a place in their culture and heritage. So the kind of the singing, like even last night, what happened in the little town near us, yeah. there's a community Christmas concert and it's basically a talent show with a right. Christmas theme, right? Yeah. But that just kind of connects everybody around this time of year. That's true. Yeah. And so all this, you know, this traditional stuff, it really comes back to this sense of belonging. That's kind of a core feature to this. Like I belong to a family. I belong to a community, community. Oh, that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Okay. So there's three key things that we want to give you to think about Christmas traditions. And we'll we'll break these three topics down. One is stability, one is spiritual meaning, and one is agreement. So stability is the idea of repeating Christmas traditions year after year. That creates stability in the family because now there's predictability. Oh. There's that sense of common bonding. This is what we do. Like, are we going to get our monkey bread kind of thing? Yeah. And at the same time, those rituals should not become too rigid or set in stone. They need to be flexible to accommodate changes in the family. Yeah. So for example, they should be able to adapt to include new family members or like when yeah. we talked even about the blended families episode, yeah. right? Now we have to integrate some different families, Rituals, traditions together. Yeah. They should also not be so strict or rigid as to feel imposed or followed out of obligation. So it's like, we have to do this even though we all hate it. Kind oh, of stuff, I see. Because right? this was great grandma's right. idea. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So to be successful, they need to be voluntarily acted out and enjoyed by the whole family. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny? I just thought of this story from university which okay. may not have too much relevance here. But there was a lady and her family always cut the turkey in half. Like always, that's how you cook the turkey. You cut the turkey in half. Right before they cooked it? Yeah. Okay. And you cooked it cut in half. And I guess my dad was professor and he's like, well, why? Like why? That's your family tradition, but why? 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 And, again? and finally she dug down and she found out that, you know, great grandma's oven was too small and couldn't fit the turkey in it. So they uh. had to cut it in half. But that just became what grandma did and then what mom did. And now this girl was cutting the turkey in half because that's what her that's family always did. Even though the oven size has changed. Yeah. I just thought that was kind huh. of funny. But that was a little thing that... That was their definition of themselves. 
or they that just connected them to their family because that's what their family yeah. did. We're the split turkey people. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds so wrong. Sorry. Anyways. Interesting. Yeah. So actually, maybe that segue is good into the next point here, which is the rituals should serve the family and not the family serve the rituals. Right. I mean, not in that, that case, the, it really doesn't matter. It really it's a turkey. Yeah. I know I'm kind of teasing on it a little bit, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah. So these rituals are special, right? But they're not necessarily sacred. That, yes. I think that's the point. Yeah. Like, you know, except for that Christmas pudding you make for me every year with that lemon sauce, that's definitely sacred. <laughs> I just appreciate that you appreciate my cooking. Good. Okay. And then there's spiritual meaning. So Fees et al. interviewed 120 married couples. And those couples were married for nine years on average. And they found a strong link between marital satisfaction and the spiritual meaning attributed to their family rituals. So incorporating faith traditions into family rituals helped couples and families affirm and strengthen their relationships and connect their values to their actions. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So when you attach spiritual meaning to holidays and you act based on this, it increases marital satisfaction over and above simply having faith. Okay. It's the idea of enacting the faith, not just being hearers, but doers. Hmm. So making this real. Yeah, that's interesting. So there's, there's some good value there. And then there's the subject of agreement. So typically the Christmas traditions you create as a married couple are often determined by how you did things in your family of origin. So you come from the totally. stewed, the roasted tomato family, <laughs> as opposed to the split turkey family. And now we're creating the monkey bread family, which is really concerning. That's uh, awesome. Yes. Couples who come from similar backgrounds may think they will do Christmas in similar ways and then end up in conflict over all the little details that they do differently. Mm, yeah. So then we need, what it means, we need to have a discussion. We need to have a conversation about our plans in advance to figure out how we're doing Christmas. Uh-huh. Like how far in advance would you recommend? I wouldn't start before December 15th or something. <laughs> so there was one funny Please quote. Try. Yeah. There was one funny quote actually around this in the research. You can, I think you can hear the frustration in this, in this uh, woman. She participated in one of these original studies on rituals and she stated that people should not be allowed to get married until they've discussed Christmas. Okay. Sensitive topic? Yeah, apparently. They must have had a lot of conflict around their Christmas rituals. Could have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why do we need to get these Christmas traditions right? Well, successful rituals and traditions have positive effects for married couples because they can protect the couple's marital satisfaction against the effects of stress and difficulty. Hmm. So this, Interesting. How, you know, there's how? more purpose to this than even just doing Christmas itself. It's like it's a, this is, this strengthens families. Huh. High participation, listen to this really interesting piece of research here, high participation in ritualized family celebrations led to increased well-being, increased satisfaction with life and family climate, and overall improvement in mood within the family. So high participation, that's getting everybody involved. Yes. Uh, Everybody involved part also, but also the intentionality part is there too. High participation, like the engagement kind of thing. Well, I'm just looking at myself and, you know, when I'm the perfectionist in the kitchen because Christmas dinner has to be perfect, Right. that's not a happy household. Right. Right. But when everybody's involved in stuff, when it's things that everybody's involved in. More about doing it together than doing it 100% perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Definitely is a better mood within the family. Yes. And we've talked about attachment in past episodes. So Mm -hmm. investing in these positive traditions and creating them with the whole family Mm -hmm. leads to stronger attachment bonds for married couples and leads to greater closeness and relationship quality within the family. So it actually fosters love. Yeah. It builds that bond. 
That's and cool. these positive traditions also have benefits for the children. So another study, Compound et al. 2002, found that participation in family traditions increased satisfaction with the family for teenagers. Wow. Which in turn protected them from mental health difficulties and behavior problems later in life. And you'd think like teenagers hate the family traditions and yeah. whatever. But, so I think but it's good just getting everybody involved, right? That is cool. Huh. So a lot of good can come from learning to make Christmas merry. Yeah. Now, of course, there is one other thing that often comes with Christmas. In-laws. Oh, did you I say that, that the wrong sound way? so like That was like scary. My, my, you know, da-da-da-da. Yeah. So because each family has their own way of doing things at Christmas, conflict can arise when new couples have to figure out how they want to do things. Or if you're spending Christmas with your spouse's family. So even little things like what you eat for dinner. Or breakfast. Or breakfast. And when or how you go about opening presents can create feelings of disloyalty to your family if you do them differently than when you're with your in-laws. Okay. And it's kind of like, you know what, it's okay to do it differently while you're over there. Right. Yeah. And maybe talk about it beforehand that this is how things are going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Saves you from the, oh, a handel moment. (laughs) Ow, stop kicking me out of the table. (laughs) Of course, conflict can arise over which family to spend Christmas with. Especially if both spouses have positive memories of Christmas with the family. And this requires the couple to show flexibility and some give and take. Mm -hmm. Now, if one spouse does not have happy memories of Christmas from growing up, this can also create internal guilt or tension at not wanting to spend time with their family. Hmm. But that, that distress does not all have to be bad. Here's an interesting quote. When spouses have good communication and are empathic allies with each other, The pain about families of origin can bring them closer. However, if the couple lacks good understanding and they are not being supportive of each other, old feelings create new tension. Interesting. Yes. So this is kind of really about getting on aligned with each other, I should say. before being on side with your spouse. Yes. Going into Christmas holidays. And some discussions, like just talk about like what happened in your family of origin around Christmas, what you enjoyed, what was difficult. Or the funny parts, the awkward parts, the uncomfortable parts, mm-hmm. disappointing parts, mm-hmm. all that stuff, right? And uh, build the empathy. That's so good. in all this, we're back to open, honest, vulnerable communication. So it is it is great to be able to start the discussion with really talking about what happened in your family and then your spouses. And again, like I said, talk through your memories, your feeling experiences, family dynamics, all that good stuff. That's all, good stuff. All works towards making a Merry Christmas for your marriage. Hmm. Okay, let's wrap this up. We'd like to thank Scott and James who became patrons between this recording and the previous one. Thank you to all our patrons. You know, like sometimes money can be tight this time of year and these people are still giving, still giving. We appreciate that. Yeah, very much. Next week, Caleb. Next week, we're taking a break. We're going to be back on January 3rd with an episode on narcissism. What to do when you find yourself married to a narcissist. Wow. And fortunately, this is becoming too common. Unfortunately, did you say? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Okay. Should be interesting. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 167. Find out how you can help support marriages like Scott and James. Go to... No. <laughs> like that, uh, Scott did and James did. Yeah, exactly. Go to oif.support. And I just want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you in the new year. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. 
A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.